it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the rock and roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, or if you would like to learn how to follow the show in off hours, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. He was once on the show all the way back in 2018, if you can believe it. But in between TV shows and book writings and restaurant touring, he has found 18 to 20 minutes to come back on the show and talk about Barbecue USA. It is the host of that show. Michael Simon will be joining us. So looking forward to talking with Michael about season two of Barbecue USA. I'm sure some of you that are steeped in the history of barbecue television know a lot of shows come on for one season or a pilot show, and then that's it. You never hear from them again. So the fact that Food Network has taken on the show for successive seasons is an accomplishment in its own right. And then we'll talk about the potential longevity three, four, five years from now. You remember last week when we were talking with the Embedded Correspondents, we had the 100% assurity question of, if this show gets to five seasons, then X, Y, Z. And we'll talk to Michael about that as well. 35 past the hour, if uh, Michael wasn't big enough, what some to uh, consider to be the goat of competition barbecue, Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's will rejoin the show. Darren has been a guest on the show pretty much since its inception back in 2006 as a podcast, and then 2008 when we started doing the live show. Darren, of course, uh, time has past since we've made the exclusive announcement here on the show a number of months ago but darren was part of the three uh, four living members that are going into the 2023 barbecue hall of fame this year of course there are the posthumous or legacy members as we call them and then of course there is the i'm going to call it the achievement award but that's not it there's a special term it's the impact award that's what it is uh, which was Ray Basso in the Barbecue Forum. So we'll talk to Darren 
about getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. We'll talk to him about where the state of competition barbecue is, in his opinion. And then we'll also talk about his podcast, which is about 14 or 15 episodes old at this point. See why he bothered getting into that. And that'll wrap the first hour. We'll move to the second hour. And in the second hour, because it is the first Tuesday of a brand new month, of course, YouTube maven Sam the Cooking Guy will be back on. I have a full agenda to run down with Sam, which means that we will get to 0% of that. I have a very uh, type of a sidewinder question that I'm going to be asking him as well. So we'll see what Sam has to say about that. And then closing out the show, a little bit of a left field. I got an email from a guy named Brandon Bresner a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, would you have any interest in talking about the first ever griddle contest? It was an attached to a KCBS event. Brandon is a KCBS event promoter slash organizer in, of all places, Eureka, Illinois. And somehow they were able to put together a griddle contest. Now, this happened, I believe, on the actual day that the contest was happening, KCBS. So I don't think there was a lot of crossover between the KCBS teams. Not sure where the timelines stood in relation to being able to take part in this particular event. But then there were also people outside that had... No interest in doing competition barbecue whatsoever, but they're fans of cooking on griddles, brought their griddle to the contest, and we'll talk all about it, learn all about it. Maybe this is something that they're looking to press out. But you look back over a number of years, and the SEA was coming up, and people are saying, hey, this is something. SEA was attaching on Friday nights to a lot of the big KCBS events that were happening Saturday and Sunday over the course of that weekend. KCBS thought it would be a bad idea to hitch to that wagon, which, of course, we all know was terrible. Get that big stuff out of here. They should have done that, but they didn't. SEA has continued to blow up. KCBS has started to uh, meander, if we're being politically correct. And their state contest thing absolutely blew. So missing the boat on that one maybe on the precipice of catching whatever the next big wave might be as far as griddle contests are concerned. So that's the way the show shakes out. Michael Simon here shortly. Darren Worth after him. And in the second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy and Brandon Bresner and Ryan Hooglint for the first ever griddle contest talk. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, if they're calling it that anymore, TikTok and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to those of you watching through our video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook or Twitch slash bbq central show you can also watch live through youtube which is youtube.com slash at bbq central show and yes we do have a new youtube poll question of the week pitching off of last week's embedded correspondence as it relates to meat you know exactly what i'm talking about when it comes to thor's hammer and currently, 77% of you, the voting public, are saying, yes, you do know what I'm talking about when I reference the term Thor's hammer. So we'll ask all the guests here this evening. We'll also keep track of the YouTube poll as the show wears on tonight. And again, as I promise each and every week, I'll try to give you a final account. I don't think I've ever done that yet, but we'll really try hard tonight. And we'll go from there. I want to start tonight by giving a special thanks to my pal Doug Shiding the longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas. little extra love as we open the show here tonight because he's a man of his word. If you recall, last week, during the 100% Assurity questions, he committed blindly that he would do a Thor's hammer for his weekly Meet Me on Monday bit that he does for Instagram. And to his credit, 
he came through. If you go to Row Cookers on Instagram, it was there late last night. It's there for you to see all day today. The untrimmed in the cryovac Thor's hammer. Then he takes it out. Then he trims it up. Then he cooks it. You see the cooked full Thor's hammer presentation. Ultimately, he breaks it down into, I don't know if it was tortillas or quesadillas or whatever he was doing, but he committed to it. He came right through it only days after committing to it blindly. And I can't imagine a scenario where you might see somebody like me doing Thor's hammer. You never know. Hypocrisy is a dish that is often cooked up in this house. So if you really never know, but I certainly don't see it happening in the near future. I'm not going to speak for John or Rusty either, but I can see John cooking it before Rusty if I'm going to start laying bets here. So I appreciate Doug being a man of his word and cooking Thor's hammer for everybody to see. If you don't follow him, check him out on Instagram. He's got 50,000 followers or whatever he's doing. So he's a budding Instagram maven as well. Feedback on the show from the past couple weeks. Jamie in Utah writing in, Gregory, your sister Kate is goddamn national treasure. Protect her at all costs. I love the bacon conversation, but there was a line in the first episode of The Four that was completely blown over, and I thought it was the best. When you said, quote, we're done having kids, and she just nonchalantly says, good, that line killed me. I think you need to make her a quarterly guest. Jamie in Utah. Jamie, thank you for writing in. Jack in North Carolina writing in, Greg, I hope I'm not out of line when I ask if you might give deep consideration to having the embedded correspondence, I'm sorry, the embedded correspondence on as a weekly segment to close the show out in that 1035 slot. In most cases, more isn't better, but I think in this case, it might be, Jack, your input is under advisement, and I certainly doubt that that's actually going to happen. Mike in Ohio writing in. Greg, I thought Ken Johnson from the Home Depot was a great interview last week. I don't think anyone has ever had such an interview on any other podcast before. You continue to push the envelope of what podcast listeners should expect from shows they consume. Love the show. Podcast listener only. Regards, Mike. And finally, Devin in Kentucky going a couple weeks back. Greg, the sound quality in Daniel Vaughn's latest interview was putrid. How dare you squawk about how much your sound is, how great your sound is, and then deliver such a substandard product. Hypocrite much? Love the show. Podcast listener only. Regards, Devin. Devin, yes. Hypocrite often. Thank you. It's the hidden mantra of the show. I live in hypocrisy. It is a state I live in. Michael Simon is ready to go. We'll get to him here in just one second. I'll talk to you quickly about pits and spits. Are you tired of settling for a mediocre grilling experience? Me too. It's time to step it up and bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues. The folks at Pits and Spits offering charcoal grills of only the highest quality live fire cooking experiences you can get in the market today using either wood or charcoal. They're solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for when you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for family and friends with a large adjustable fuel tray you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat this is their take on the very popular santa maria style grill that you're seeing all over the place you check them out at pitsandspits.com slash bbq central and you use the promo code charcoal central all one word together charcoal central for 150 bucks off any charcoal grill 
And as I tell you, when you get there and you see the price tag, you might faint a little bit. But remember, only the top quality products and materials being used at Pits and Spits. And it's going to last your entire lifetime. And your kids are going to fight over it. And then their kids are going to fight it over it because it's a generational piece. A generational cooker. So, as we say in the barbecue world, buy the best and only cry once. And that certainly holds true with Pits and Spits. Pitspits.com slash BBQ Central. Charcoal Central for 150 bucks off any charcoal grill. And we'll be back with Michael Simon right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. And then when you're ready to purchase, go to Amazon.com or go to Walmart.com or go to Lowe's.com for not only your best purchase price, but best shipping rates as well. The good folks over at CookinPellets.com. Leading off the show tonight, the host of Barbecue USA, which you can watch each Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern. And follow along as you are introduced to some of the biggest barbecue competitions and barbecue teams in the country. Here to talk about season two and about live fire in general is Iron Chef, book author, TV show host, restaurateur, and most importantly, fellow Clevelander, Michael Simon, joining me once again. Hey, Michael, how are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm, I, you know, after that guy wrote in, I'm nervous that my sound is not going to be fantastic. I don't, I don't want to, you know. Good news. You sound top notch. Top notch. <laughs> So let's start with the YouTube poll question of the week, Michael. Anxious to get your take on this. As it relates to meat, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I use the term Thor's hammer. Yes or no? Yes, sir. All right. Good. (laughs) By the way, 71% are also saying they know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Thor's hammer. You ever cooked Thor's hammer? Is that something that is trending in your world right now? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think, you know. Anytime you can give something a good nickname, it tends to trend. (laughs) Let me make an observation to lead off here before we jump into the TV talk. Michael Simon is the fittest he's ever been on TV right now, and I observe that in the most macho way possible. Oh, thanks. You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm 53, so I'm fighting back. You know, all the, all those years wrestling and St. Ed's and all that kind of stuff, it it uh, it equipped me properly to deal with aging, I think. We're about, we're coming up on halfway through season two of Barbecue USA. Since we weren't able to time it out right last year, season one was taking place. Can you take us back to the beginnings of all this and tell us how the show came together? 
Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of the shows that we do on Food Network, we actually myself and the production team that you know we work together we typically will come up with an idea and pitch an idea this show was actually pitched to me by food network um it was a a show that they really wanted to do they wanted to get uh dig a little deeper into the barbecue world and um and and more so competition barbecue as opposed to uh restaurant barbecue so uh you know, we, when we first did it, we thought like, you know, this is a show more of like a, a one run special kind of season. Um, you know, as you know, it's, it's most of the competitions are featuring a lot of the same thing. So to show a different look every week is tricky, but we've, we've continued to learn how to do that. We've traveled around the country. We've met some really spectacular people, um, you know, a lot of the same people you see every week, but you meet a lot of new people every week. Uh, and the, the great thing about these competitions is, you know, they're not just in the, the barbecue meccas of the world. You know, they they're also in, you know, you know, you're in Florida for a barbecue competition. It's not like when I think barbecue, I don't think Florida, but there were a lot of great teams. There some from Florida, some from all over the, the rest of the country. And um, I think that's what really makes the show fun. And, you know, the, the the great thing about the barbecue world is is the people in it. And as, as long as you're able to tell the story about those people, um, I think it always makes for a good watch and good TV because uh, they truly have each other's back. It is a family kind of environment. Everyone really looks out for each other. They're competing against each other every week and of course they want to win but they still really look out for each other um and it really is a community unlike any i've ever seen the results of season one must have been good enough obviously to green light that season two how soon do you know into season one that season two is something you're going to need to be working on yeah, it, it depends i mean that that formula has changed a little bit as, as time continues with food network it, you typically you typically know with a lot of shows partially like halfway through a season. Um, but, but some, sometimes it, it doesn't happen till after the season. And it, it, a lot of it depends on um, how much lead time a show needs to, ha- to make it happen. Um, so a, a lot of that goes in, but yeah, season one was a tremendous success. Season two has been doing great. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see it, what, where that brings us. It doesn't appear so. I mean, look, I, I'm a nerd. I know all about these competitions and when they're taking place over the course of the year. So when uh, episode one of season two opens up, it's the American Royal. I mean, we're almost at American Royal 2023 here. So about a year removed from uh, when we're seeing it to when it actually took place a year ago. Uh, do you is there a, a concerted effort to vanilla the dates so people don't feel like it's old content? No, I, I mean I I don't think everybody knows, but I think most people do. You know, Food Network is not a it's not live television. You know, it, it's it's not what it is. So I mean, it never has been. It's it's not like we're uh, we're trying to show we're something that we're not so it's it's we we try like last year we we got picked up probably just a week or two too late to make the jack happen also Mm. um from a timing standpoint so you know maybe this year that could happen but uh yeah we don't try to pretend it's live or i mean when we're there um filming i always announce it across my social that we're there filming so um we, we try to be very upfront about it and 
you know, I, I, everybody in, I feel in the barbecue world understands it. Maybe um, people that aren't in the barbecue world don't understand it as much. But I think most people know that when a, a show is on Food Network, it's not happening at that exact moment. Were there two or three things that really stick out to you in season one that you knew you wanted to either see more of or less of if subsequent seasons were going to happen? Mm, um, well, I mean, season one, we did almost all KCBS. Um, which was great. It, it worked really well. I'm sorry, I'm moving stuff around. <laughs> worked really well uh, for season one. Um, they were incredibly supportive of us. Uh, and we did a couple KCBS this year also, I believe two KCBS events. Um, but we wanted to break away from that a little bit, not because we didn't like KCBS, but when you're going to just one type of event all those teams are getting judged basically on the exact same things every week. So we wanted to hit uh, some other, you know, organizers this year so we could see some different styles of barbecue along the way also. I, I mean, and so America could see some a little bit of different styles along the way also. I mean, my, my biggest, um, like, I, I love competition obviously i mean you know i, I wrestled for st ed's that makes you love competition and then <laughs> <laughs> you know it was an iron chef and and all those things so like obviously competition is something i adore um I, you know i wish sometimes in the barbecue competitions they just let them go wild a little more like that that the teams didn't get penalized for creativity or for going outside the box because you know ultimately i think that is um what makes barbecue so great you know i think one of the the, the trends that we're seeing in america with barbecue right now um and and i hope it starts to go into the competition world a little bit more is barbecue is becoming like hyper regional you know <laughs> like it, it, it used to be you know texas barbecue was in texas but like throughout the rest of the country people were doing texas barbecue or kc barbecue or you know carolina whatever you know now you have people like billy durney at hometown doing a very personal barbecue to how he was raised in brooklyn like you know he was raised in a, a melting pot culture there so when you go in there yeah he's using i would say texas technique from the smoking but but then you get jamaican jerk ribs and sticky ribs and pastrami and all these different things that um reference how he grew up eating in brooklyn and and i think that that's happening more and more throughout the country and i would love to see that continue to um go in that manner in in the competition world and i, I think eventually it will is there a season three in the works that you can scoop us on tonight I, I I wish I could say yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what, what I'll tell America is the ratings have been great so far. Keep watching like crazy, and you could guarantee that there's a like TV is very easy. <laughs> Bunch of people watch it, it gets renewed. <laughs> people don't watch it, it doesn't. Like people go, that was my favorite show. Why did it get canceled? Because you didn't watch. <laughs> you know, like very rarely does something get canceled that has giant numbers. Um, you know, it's the same thing with restaurants. People are like, why did that restaurant close? I love that restaurant. Uh, when did you come? Saturdays at seven o'clock. It was always packed. Well, like you should have came Monday at six. You know? <laughs> Are you surprised that Food Network is allowing this kind of a show to run? Uh, and maybe I'm asking a bad question because you said they kind of came to you. But or in other words, 
you're more or less blindly following teams at a competition, and there's no guarantee that any of them are going to place in a category, let alone win the whole thing. Other networks, including Food Network, have really seen the viewership be in those contest or chopped type shows. So this is, is a bit of a divergence, a risk. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're a show that shows competition, but that's the show's so much deeper than that in the sense of we're also showing uh, people's and stories and lives and techniques. And, you know, like I, I make something on every show. Like I actually do a little cooking demo on every show and we're showing a lot of how to's and how what's and, and stories about the, the people and, you know, and then the competition does happen also. And, you know, I, I would hope and, and I believe that, one food network trust me as a host and and simple alien is a production company but also i i I think that you know it shows america that what we're doing is real it's not bullshit we're not candy coating it we're not like running in at the last minute and go ooh, that team won get some tape on them (laughs) you know like like that's not what happens we we go there two days before we decide who we're gonna follow we follow those teams and sometimes they win sometimes they don't place sometimes they're in the middle like that's how it is and and i would hope that the viewer would that would be make the show more interesting to them um you know because we're we're championing people you know that's what we're doing and one thing that i know about the barbecue world is you know you could have a team that wins three weeks in a row or three years in a row and then doesn't even place um i could go and taste you know ribs from 40 different teams and pick my five favorites they may not even get walks um it's just food is the the beautiful thing about food whether it's barbecue or hamburgers or pizza or upscale or steakhouses or whatever food is 100 percent opinion you know and when you have something that is 100 percent opinion you could judge a little bit on okay we're judging on tenderness we're judging on this we're judging on that but ultimately you know people are going to taste something and it is it's going to resonate with them or it isn't and something that resonates with me may not resonate with you or someone else so uh in barbecue competitions you could just get a, a table of judges that isn't in a good mood that day and you're screwed you know like it's that's just how it works and and there's you know and that's why i think that that these teams competing you know they always want to win but they're they're not throwing full fits when they don't even like I, i've been with people that are masters that have told me they have had perfect cooks that day mm. and i've tasted it and i would agree that it's a perfect <laughs> cook and they don't win and sometimes they don't walk um you know two years ago at memphis in may two or three years ago at memphis in may you know, I was walking around and, and I tasted Melissa's hog. And I mean, I mean, she's one of the greatest to ever walk earth when it comes to whole hog. And I am not kidding you. It was minimally two times better than anything I tasted all day. And I think she took sixth. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, six is still great, but there's no way in hell that that shouldn't have won in my in my opinion. Like and I, you know, I feel I know a couple things little bit about food but it, but it was just whatever she got a bad table or something happened and you know one score and you lose by you know you're in sixth by a tenth of a point so um it's 
I mean, it's kind of the beauty and, and the, the pain in the ass about it, too. <laughs> if you were a competitor and you've seen a lot of the sanctioning bodies and those weird one-offs, like Memphis and May is, is, a, is a one-off. It's not part of a sanctioning body, per se. Do you feel you would most align with a KCBS, an FBA, which is a little different than KCBS, or a Memphis and May style? Uh, I would say I would probably align most with a Memphis and May style because I'm, you know, I, I'm more of a freewheeler when it comes to flavors and cooking and, and mm. things like that. But even in Memphis and May, they're looking for particular things. I, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, I like one thing that I have learned, I guess, even from Iron Chef is I cook something till I think it's right and till I think it tastes as good as it could possibly cook. And, and there's been times where, you know, like if, if like, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what it is, but my, my Iron Chef record was pretty damn good. But like, if you ask me, I never thought I lost, <laughs> you know, I think I was 35 and 38 and five or something like that. But the five that I lost, I, I'm like, no, mine was better, yeah. you know, like, so, and I mean, I wasn't offended when I lost because ultimately it's the judge's opinion. And, and it's this, it's the same thing with Memphis and May or, or any of these competitions, it's like you, you cook something to you think it's perfect. Now, you know, when you're talking about a brisket or a whole hog or, or something of that nature, obviously there's a lot of things that could go wrong in a time a, that long of a cook time um, where, where you don't end up being as perfect maybe as you want or you think I could have done this better or things like that. But from purely from a flavor profile um, with any competitions, you know, like I, I would know what I want to set out to accomplish and um if I thought it was perfect, then then I would send it in. And, and if the judges don't, the judges don't. But, the, you know, that's I think that's how you got to have to. That's how I go about it. I don't know if that's the right way to win, but that's how I would go about it. Last week on the show, I had my monthly embedded correspondence rekindling. One of the questions was yes or no. If Barbecue USA makes it five seasons or longer, we should enshrine michael simon into the barbecue hall of fame 75 percent of us said no 25 percent of us said yes what do you think oh i don't know you know i i i i uh i'm i'm very happy hanging like like i feel very fortunate like i'm a, a fine dining chef that that got into barbecue and was embraced by the barbecue community when when a lot of chefs i don't think really were and um i feel incredibly fortunate about that you know i i, I give that's because of mike mills like that's <laughs> like mike mike mills was in cleveland once for something i don't even know what he ended up at lola original lola he ate at the restaurant and we were smoking a bunch of stuff there and he's like do you like barb do you have do you, you smoke all this stuff do you like barbecue i'm like oh i love barbecue he's like, why don't you do barbecue come see me you know and i went <laughs> out to see him and i mean this is god over 15 years ago now, um, probably closer to 20 years ago. But like Mike really kind of took me under his wing and introduced me to so many people. And the first time I ever went to Memphis in May was with was with Mike um, and Amy. You know, so it, it's it's uh, it's a tremendous community. And I mean, if, if the show makes it five years, you know, I, I hope that we could get more people that we feature into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't worry about myself. I've, I've done just fine in my world, and I'm, I'm happy where I am. And 
Um, but I, there's a lot of people that aren't in it yet that I would love to see in it. And um, I, I feel rightfully deserve to be in it for the years and years of dedication they put into uh, the barbecue world and their craft. Do you have a favorite barbecue book? Hmm. I like mine a lot. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I like, I think, I think, um, I, <laughs> I think the meathead book is great. Um, you know, I think especially for uh, people that want to get into barbecue and maybe aren't as far along, I think Meathead does a very good job um, explaining things and teaching people, you know, how to get started and how to how to go from there. We're going to do something at the end here that has nothing to do with barbecue or grilling. It's three questions about Cleveland sports because I said we're Cleveland guys. First question, oh, and boy, has it changed in the last 48 hours. Do the Guardians make the playoffs this year, yes or no? Uh, they, they're losing to the Astros again tonight, aren't they? I think they are, last time I looked. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to say yes, because oh. I still think... All how right. many games are left, Greg? How many games are left? It's got to be 50 or less, I think, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I still think that Tito is the best second-half coach in baseball. So I, I'm going to say that they're going to push through win the division. Yeah, but, make, they they but, have to win the division. No pitching, make it. Michael. No pitching. I know, but Dude. he's a wizard. I, th- he's the best manager of all time. I mean, I mean, we have incredible management and an incredible manager, and they they'll, they'll find a way. Question two. This is always the lightning rod of Cleveland sports. Do the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs this year? Yes or no? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you, I, for last year was the first year in my life that I, I, I watched one half. Now, I've been a season ticket holder since I've been with my family and then myself and whatever since I was a kid. Um, still am. I watched one half of football last year. <laughs> I, I got, I got, I don't know what happened. I just, I got so, the, the Baker thing really screwed with me. I, I like, I, 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 the kid brought us to the playoffs. We beat Pittsburgh and then he's gone. It just, yeah. it, it hurt me inside a little bit. Like he felt like a Cleveland kid, even though he was from Texas. But this year I'm going to be back in. I'm going to say yes. Right. I'm going to say they are going to make, if, if they don't make the playoffs this year, there's going to be a, a shakedown. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 It'll be coaching if they don't make it. They certainly have the talent. Last question. The Cleveland Cavaliers make it to the second round of the playoffs this coming season. Yes or no? I am going to go out on a limb. I'm a huge basketball fan, too. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I think that they'll do something. I think that there'll be a trade somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I I do. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers this year will make the NBA Finals. Wow, from your lips to God's ears, Michael. I mean, we need that back. I think like they are the best business. young team in they're the best young team in basketball. Um and they they are a veteran banger away, I feel. If they get a veteran presence that is an enforcer a little bit. I, I'm not saying like old school yeah, not Rick Mahorn Detroit bad boys, <laughs> Rick Mahorn, you know, Mahorn and Lambeer killing people in the middle. <laughs> Um, but like kind of a like give me I mean he's too old now but a Cleveland boy also give me a Charles Oakley kind of guy that like that you know eats glass and just punishes people on the inside 
and um you know takes care when garland and spider getting roughed up taking the lane they know not to go back in the lane because we got a guy that's going to put them on their ass i think i think we're a player away aside from watching barbecue usa anything else you want to talk about or promote here before i let you go yeah i mean simon's dinners just wrapped up season five uh we're getting ready to film season six in a couple weeks uh, which is always exciting. And my new cookbook, Simply Simon's Suppers, our uh, 10th cookbook, which is wow. um, it's 52 weeks of recipes, basically like based around 52 dinners, uh, full dinners, like three course dinners a week. Um, it's 175 recipes and some cocktails. That comes out September 12th. It's the biggest book I've done. Super excited about it. Um, some of the recipes are from Simon's dinner. Some of the ones are just, we have Sunday supper at my house pretty much every week. So it's basically, I mean, you could certainly make the recipes any day of the week, but it's, it's 52 of the Sunday suppers that we had at our house. Two quick questions. I apologize. I lied before 250,000 copies. Is that a lot for a book to sell? Talking about books. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Question number two. Number. Doug Tratner, not only Cleveland legend, but national treasure. Yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah. And my co-author. <laughs> I love Tratner. Hey, look, anybody that anybody, like, here's what I love about Tratner, and I don't want to take up someone else's time, but anybody that was a lawyer says, screw it, I don't want to be a lawyer, <laughs> then becomes Re- starts reviewing restaurants yeah. and then writing cookbooks yeah. and then turns his front yard into a garden, then yeah. buys an RV and travels the country. I want to party with that. Don't guy. forget about well, the backyard. He turned into a chicken coop. Oh, chicken coop, the bees, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, the I'm bees. like, dude, they're going to throw you out of the yeah, Heights. You are no going to be out of the Heights in no time. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the host of barbecue USA amongst other shows and book writings and all that. It's our pal, Michael Simon. Michael, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Uncle Simon right there. Appreciating the time talking about Barbecue USA. So if you are down with watching Barbecue on television, that's the show you should be watching. I didn't even get to asking him about Barbecue Brawl because we went out of time, but that's all right. Maybe next time. Maybe in season three. Sounds like if you're watching, there could be a season three. Watch my shoe. Darren Worth is ready to rock and roll. Before we get to him, I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. However, they can also get rip-roaring hot for the high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic grill lineup? The ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. And a Primo Grill, the game-changing oval design, this shape gives you the ability to execute that two-zone that you set up or desire. And it also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, 60 different ways, six zero different ways to cook on the Primo you find them at a dealer near you, go to the website, primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. Find the dealer and then check out all the sizes of ovals. If I might make a suggestion, the XL. Look, what do we all know about when you buy any type of barbecue pit? 
You get there, you're feeling really macho, you start looking at pricing, you bitch down, and you buy a little light. Then you get at home and you're like, curses! I should have bought the 36 inch. I should have bought the XL. Don't make the mistake when you go to the Primo dealer, get the Primo XL. Trust me on this. You'll thank me later. PrimoGrill.com and all the accessories as well. Complete that Primo Grill cooking experience. We're back with Darren Worth right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This, yeah, we'll save that for later. we got Darren on the line. We thank Michael Simon, by the way, for joining us last segment. Spending a little time with us. My next guest, a very successful barbecue restaurant owner, a 2023 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, recently started a podcast, but most of you know him from his years and years, decades of winning on the competition circuit. Let's welcome back the pitmaster of Iowa's Smoky D's, Darren Worth. Hey, Darren, appreciate you uh, hanging with me here as we had a little extended time with the Iron Chef. But let's start with this, the YouTube whole question of the week and i'm asking everybody this tonight darren as it relates to meat you know exactly what i'm talking about when i say the term thor's hammer yes all right 68 percent of us are saying yes we do know the term thor's hammer uh 32 percent are saying no that's a little high um Especially if you're on social media, that seems to be. Ma- Are you seeing that on social media as a, a I, trend? I am seeing it on. Yeah. Um, maybe a month ago. I haven't seen it much lately. You make a lot of Thor's hammer, and I. I make. I make zero. Zero Thor's mm, hammer. Thor's between hammer. the two, Darren. <laughs> which is the bigger waste? Tomahawk steak or Thor's hammer? You have the definitive answer. Well, I think it's the tomahawk. Much more bone in the tomahawk than the Thor's hammer. You watching barbecue television shows that are running right now? No, I don't watch. You know, I I made a decision a few years ago to watch zero TV at all. Really? I watched zero TV. You didn't even watch Ozarks? Um, Well, so, so I watch... Like Netflix and stuff when I'm traveling on a plane. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I used to listen to the news and I used to, you know, try and, you know, watch Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and all this. And it's just like you just find yourself being depressed. Yeah. And so I found that if I just cut it all out, I just cut it out and I never see a commercial. I never see anything. It's just amazing. (laughs) Probably not what Michael wanted to hear. I have yet to see one of his shows. Well, uh, I mean, in full honesty, as I said last week, I hadn't watched one Barbecue USA. Uh, now, I, the timing for me just hadn't matched up, so I've done a binge watch here or binge watch over the last uh, 36 hours or so. But that's a way different than Barbecue Brawl, which I have zero interest in watching whatsoever. So I want to watch Barbecue USA. I don't want to watch Barbecue Brawl, and I'm not watching Barbecue Brawl. 
In re- in regards to the TV stuff, though, have you thought about you know trying to get on any of these recent versions, whether it's on Netflix or these Food Network shows? Or you could care less. No, no. I, you know, I've just always turned that stuff down. You know, I mean, even from year one of Pitmasters, they called me every single year. Mm. And I'm like, no, I'm just not into scripted TV. And I'm not sure it's all that way now, but I'm just not. I I just want to do my thing. You know, I just I love competition barbecue. I love the restaurant business, but I really don't need to have a camera in my face. You know, I mean, our exposure you know, when we were on diners, drive-ins, and dives back in 2013, um, you know, you can't get any more exposure than that when it comes to the restaurant business, and it just it, it just replays and it replays and it replays. So I've just I've just never had really. It's kind of like teaching barbecue classes. You know, it's just not my thing. Plus, I got the face for radio. Well, uh, I think that's why that's why I hope most people are listening to this rather than watching. Both of us are suffering from the same affliction. (laughs) Uh, Earlier in the year, the Barbecue Hall of Fame and the Barbecue Central show put out the exclusive final nine finalists list for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And then a couple weeks later, we tell you who's getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And of the four, a Darren Worth, who was on that finals list two times or Three times, third times, th- third times the charm. Yeah, before you make it over the threshold, there. Let's talk about the Barbecue Hall of Fame for a second. For a guy who is saying no to TV opportunities, a guy who on this show has said on multiple occasions, it's about the trophies and the checks will follow. You know, it's kind of antithetical to what a lot of other teams and people who hope to be famous are chasing. So what does the Barbecue Hall of Fame mean to you getting into it? You know, for, for, first of all, you, you know, I, I still say I'm not old enough. Okay. You, you know, I, I've said that for years. I'm like, why do you want me in the barbecue? Everybody's like, you need to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I'm like, I'm not old enough. But Chris Lilly has been in for like five years already. So, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you're not well, that you much know, younger he's or done, older he, than him. Right? He, he's, he's, he's done all the TV stuff. He's done all the, the proper things. He's probably got I mean, Chris <laughs> has a publicist. I don't even know what that is. Do, do they cost money? Yeah, I sometimes thousands of dollars a month. Yeah, oh, for sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they're out there <laughs> promoting, and, and I'm just I'm more of an organic guy. I just want my you know the following. I want everything I do to come organically. I don't I don't need to push anything on anybody. You know, I just want it to be organic. That's very important to me. But sometimes doing it that way don't lend accolades that maybe you secretly want maybe you have to get outside of your comfort zone and hire a publicist for six months or a year or do some things that might make you feel weird inside in order to attain a a, a ultimate goal yeah but i mean i i guess the barbecue hall of fame really wasn't an ultimate goal of mine you know so i i mean my ultimate goal is waking up on the right side of the dirt every day right you know i live every day like it's last I really, you know, if I have one goal, I want to win the American Row for the fourth time. You know, that's that's my one goal in barbecue. But other than that, I am just along for the ride. You, you've won the American Royal. Forget that. Why not? 
dig in there. Three and times. I'm talking three times. But, yes, but you've you've won it many 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 times. Too many times. Why not dig in? You and Sherry no, say, "Hey, no, never not too many. Too many times. Never Craig. too many. Never too That's many. Right. Not enough times." So we hope you do it for the fourth time. But why not dig in and win Memphis in May, and then you can safely no. say you've won all no. the biggest ones ever, ever. I've been there, done that. Okay, we we did that. We went down there with that going to win. Yeah. And I've told this story many times. And so I, I went down to Memphis in May. I assembled the teams and I was going to cook ribs. You know what? Because ribs hadn't won in 17 years. And I'm like, ribs are due. And I've been on the Houston Livestock stage, on Houston, on the the Royal multiple Every times stage. with ribs. And, and I wanted to, and I've won ribs and I've won the overall. And I've won a lot of categories, but ribs I had won and all. And that's the one I wanted. So that's why I, I mean, it would have been easier to pick whole hog and get a ringer in there to help me cook whole hog and tell a BS story and stuff but that wasn't me so i'm like we're going to cook ribs and we're going to cook the best damn ribs we can and and as i'm sitting we get done and we didn't make finals and i'm sitting with pete cookston melissa's husband and and, and he watches the finals judges go by and he goes well we think either Tuffy or Chris are going to win today. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, see that judge over there? They're going to pick whole hog every time. See this judge over there on the back of that golf cart? They're going to pick shoulder. See that judge? They're going to pick ribs unless there's not a celebrity in there. And then they're going to pick that. And, and going mm-hmm. through, and he's just picking this down. And I'm like, it just spoiled it. And it's like it's like <laughs> TV. It's like scripted TV, right? Uh, I'm going I'm I'm like, to put a, a bullet in that conspiracy theory here because – Brad and uh, Tim went down there two years ago, and I they think did. had the biggest coup in competition history. Went down with huge cans, yep. did whole hog in a can, and won. Yeah. And then won shoulder yeah. the year before, and I think reserved in, in ribs the, the year before that. Standard, not, I'm saying standard, but like your prototypical KCBS guys, you know, team of the year contenders each and every year. Um, obviously, right. Brad has won it uh, multiple times. I thought that was a shakeup, and then that might have been it, the time to go in, right? That that, that that was pretty impressive. I mean, I'll tell you, because that's the first time in how many years a celebrity hasn't won Memphis in May. Go back and look, somebody. If it, it, I mean, everybody that's won Memphis in May over the years has done their TV time. Right. Whether it's whether it's the shed, whether it's Melissa, whether it's, you know, I mean, they're all great cooks and they all, you know, but they've done their TV time. They are celebrities. Right. I'm not a celebrity. Okay, I'm just a barbecue guy. I'm a barbecue guy out having fun, you know, and trying to spread the word. In episode six, I'm just not wired that way. In episode six of your podcast, you talk about getting into the barbecue hall of fame and mentioning also, you're talking about, and I'm paraphrasing here, continuing to remain relevant in competition barbecue. Have you been able to navigate through that part of it? Do you think that you will have. always I, be relevant? Well, I mean, if I'm not going to be relevant, I'm going to be out. You know, but I mean, we're on a we're on a pretty good streak here. I feel like I'm relevant. I'm, I'm, you know, the last four or five contests, we got two two wins and top five every time. You know, and it's it's one of those things. But I went back to simplistic, okay. And, and I mean, I just like to try stupid crap. So I mean, I am cooking, okay. And th- this is this is no joke on all four meats: chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. I'm using two rubs and two sauces. 
the same two on all four meats across all categories. All rubs and sauces are the same across all meats. All f- exactly. Really? Two rubs. I swear to God. What rub? Two rubs, they? two sauces. Smoking guns hot and Cimarron docks. Come Sorry, on. Sterling, for listening. <laughs> Those rubs Greg. were winning in 1748 when barbecue started. And you want to know why I'm? You want to know why yes, I'm because using it's them? a tenderness game before the rub game. Well, two two things. It's a tenderness game, and I 100 percent believe that. I learned it. But from take you. any take any barbecue rub that's been developed. I won't take anyone, but take the majority of barbecue rubs that have been developed in the last 10 years are copycats of Smoking Guns Hot and Cimarron Docks. Those were, that and Head Country were like the trinity, the holy trinity of barbecue rubs, right? So as somebody somebody has a new rub, hey, oh, hey, that tastes like Cimarron Docks and Smoking Guns Hot. Hey, that tastes like Cimarron Docks and Smoking Guns Hot. I mean, and they're different. But they're the same. So I set out on this mission five contests ago, and I'm going, I'm just doing it. I'm cross the board. I'm changing my whole program. (laughs) And I've hit top five every time. I've had more first place finishes in the last top five contest than I've had in the last two years. And so it, it doesn't matter. Because, and you're right, it is a tenderness game. It is 100% a tenderness game because do you think that little, I was thinking about this weekend as I was putting them on my brisket and I'm going, do you think you can even taste this rub? Right? I mean, we're going to inject it full of impurities. And that's my, that's my next, that's my next plan. You're going to uninjection? I'm (laughs) going, no, no, but I'm going to go to one. Oh. I haven't figured out what that is, Mm. but I'm, I'm going back to simplistic. And, and, and really what I'm trying to do is teach the younger teams out here. And I love spreading the word to younger teams. And that's kind of the part of the reason for my podcast is I'm trying to say, don't overthink this game. Don't overthink it. Just don't worry about collecting 15 million rubs <laughs> and layering it seven different times. I mean, it's like somebody says, oh, yeah, I put I put smoke guns hot and then I put sweet money and I take black label and white label and dot, 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 dot. I'm like. Really? Do you know what that is? <laughs> Boil that all apart, all the ingredients, and we're back to smoking guns hot and Cimarron docks. Yeah. Therefore, that's what I've done. When Michael Simon was on last segment, he he thought that at some point in the future that creativity would be rewarded once again in the competition circuit. Do you think that's going to happen, or do you still think, are we caught in a vanilla profile? I would just, I would love to see that. Yeah. I, I really would love to see that. I mean, I was just on the, <laughs> I was just on the internet. I was, my phone was blowing up because there's a lot of, we're back to the, the old judging yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah out on facebook and i'm going guys chill out it's bigger it's bigger than how many tables and it's bigger than judges it's you're not going to fix it until you radically change the system yeah for sure right yep you're never going to change it and so when you change the system let's bring creativity back into it let's let's see who's the best cook not who can make the best pillows for chicken, not that who can have the biggest money muscle in pork, not who can have the thickest slice of Wagyu brisket, right? You know, and it's just, it's crazy. And and so sometimes in my move, and I don't, I really don't want to share it, but I will, because I'm a sharing guy, is I like to make things a little messy, 
because I think sometimes these judges out there seem to think that, oh, there's a picture-perfect box. Oh, that must be Smokey D's. That some bitch has won a lot. I think it's time to let somebody else. But if I can oh. make my boxes look a little messy and look kind of like a backyard cook, mm-hmm. but then they're like, I'll take a, you know, and they, they give me a seven in appearance, and then they taste it, and the tenderness is great, and the, t- the taste is great, and they're going, wow, this is great. I can't believe this backyard guy did this. I will take seven nine nines in KCBS every single day hmm. in every category, and I will beat everybody every day. But we're so worried about making this the most picture perfect <laughs> box. Why? I mean, I spend five minutes making a box. I don't care. I mean, I turned in chicken. I got first. I've got first place chicken two weeks in a row. I got first place chicken here two weeks ago, and. I had the skins were all blown out on the top of the chicken. And I looked at Sharon. And I'm like, oh, huh, haven't ever had this happen before. What do we do here? And she goes, just turn it in. Just pretend it's a backyard cook. Okay. So we turned it in and we win chicken. Wow. It's the ugliest chicken I've ever turned in. But maybe I'm on to something. Yeah. You know, spend a lot less time trying to make it perfect and spend a lot more time cooking it perfect. If you could unilaterally put one person into the barbecue hall of fame right now who would it be dave stamper yeah have you heard of dave stamper yeah of course you know dave stamper and most people haven't but dave stamper out of indiana you know dave stamper taught more people how to barbecue than anybody in this country in my opinion i mean he was a mentor of all mentors you know and he passed away a couple years ago but you know he was just an old boy in overalls and 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 Dave just he took a lot of teams underneath his wings. He just never had he had an answer for everybody. If you had a problem with something, just call Dave. Oh, Dave will handle it. You know, and he's just he's kind of one of my idols when it comes to barbecue. And and just it's just crazy. But I mean, it was just it's one of those unsung heroes. Many consider you to be the greatest competition barbecuer of all time in social posts. People refer to you as the goat. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, it, it's fine. It's it's kind of grown on me a little bit. I'm like, well, what are you guys talking about? I'm just out here having fun. Yeah, I mean, we've don't get me wrong. We've we've won more than than probably anybody. You know, and I always challenge Myron every time I see him. I said, you sure you don't want to do a recount about being the winningest man at barbecue? (laughs) But back to, you know, marketing. He's done a great job of of marketing there. And we've just been just pounding it out. So I, I don't have all these distractions. I don't have a TV camera in my face. You know, I, I just I just cook barbecue. I just love to cook barbecue. I love the sport. I love to, I just love the ambiance. I love everything about it. You're 14 episodes into a podcast called Cue the Mic. Why start a barbecue podcast? Why? Yeah. Well, well, so, so my, my, I call her my social media gal, my digital marketing manager, Emma, who's on the podcast with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted content. Darren, we need more content. Anytime we put your face in a post or anything, it does really well from a social media. And she wanted me to start a YouTube channel. And I started watching some YouTube because I don't watch YouTube, but I started watching some YouTube barbecue. And I'm like, 
it was just overdone because everybody does the same thing. If you've seen one barbecue shotgun shell, you've seen them all. Or Thor's and hammer. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> or Thor's hammer now. Or now now a lot of Blackstone stuff. We talked yeah. about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, all that stuff is going on. And I'm like, this just isn't me. First, I don't have the time. And she's like, well, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, can I do it anywhere? And she's like, yeah. So, you know, I put my mic in my backpack. I put a little camera and we're going to do a podcast, whether I'm in Florida, whatever, you know, and, and it's went relatively well. And it's kind of content's hard, right? And, and I wish people would come on and say, hey, talk about this, talk about this. But I'm just trying to go through kind of the, not only competition barbecue, I spend little time on that, but, and about what I like and things like that. But mainly it's about teaching people that are wanting to take that step out of competition barbecue, maybe to start a catering business, maybe to start a restaurant business and be real with them. Right. And just teach them the trials and tribulation of what it takes and how you have to scale. And no, you're not going to live on a yacht if you open a 50 seat barbecue restaurant. Right. It's just not going to happen. And I just try and be a realist with them. And, and, you know, it, it, it's fun to do. Um, Emma always says, you know, we have to listen to your stories all day long. It's about time the world had to listen <laughs> to them too. <laughs> but content's tough. It's it, it's really tough. I wish I had a publicist or something to tell me what to say. But we we unscript everything. We we oh. we just show up. We we just say, hey, I think about it tonight. Like I need to shoot tomorrow. Don't have a clue. I mean, I think I might talk about what I would do differently if I were to start over again and what what I wouldn't do. But it's one of those things that I'm just an impulse guy, and I think it makes more sense instead of just asking questions and being scripted. I think it's better just to talk from your heart and just talk about whatever. And sometimes we're interesting and sometimes we're boring as hell. <laughs> what, right. Well, from a, like from an engineering or a production standpoint, what's been the biggest learning curve for you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you helped me out with the mic. I mean, Emma's, she's trained in the, the video editing and all that stuff. So I don't have to do anything with that. All I have to do is hook up that camera and this mic to my computer and sit down and try not to have a shiny head on my, you know, a, a shiny uh, glow on my head. And normally it's sitting at my kitchen counter. Sometimes it's in my wife's office because I don't have an office. And, you know, sometimes it's sitting by the pool in Florida. And it's just one of those things that, I mean, I'd like to have a podcast room to be able to do it at where I could maybe have something behind me instead of my, fireplace and tv and my beautiful very nice 84 84 <laughs> inch tv that never gets turned on yeah <laughs> unless griffin comes by to watch the disney channel what's been the most rewarding part of doing it? i mean you're only 14 in but there's had to have been some pinnacle moments already i i, I just think it's the sharing part i i think it's going out on the competition circuit and and people saying I, every weekend I go out there and people say, hey, listen to your podcast. And that was that was great. What you said about this or what you said about this and the teaching moment. And I had one cook last weekend uh, who's a big YouTuber and, and come out and he goes, I had my notebook out writing down notes, you know, and I'm like, that's that's really what I want, because to me, it's all about sharing. 
right? And, you know, I've done it all. I have nothing else to do. And that doesn't mean everybody just call me up tomorrow and say, hey, what are you using for injection, whatever. <laughs> but I love to share. If I find something successful that works for me, I can't wait to share it with somebody else. You can get the podcast wherever podcasts are gotten. You just search for cue the mic and there's Darren Worth and his co-host uh, Emily is her name. Emma. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Competition wise, got anything lined up here over the next couple of weeks that you're going to be taking part in? You know, uh, heading down to Kansas, we figured we'd sweat it out at the KCBS Invitational in Mayetta, Kansas. Oh, yeah, yeah, It'll probably be 125 degrees, but that's okay. That's what it was last weekend in Emmitsburg. But uh, we're doing there. Uh, we're kind of the every third week competition team now. Mm -hmm. So we'll do that. And then we got a couple weeks, and then we're heading up to Door County, up to Washington Island, to one of our favorite contests of the year. You know, it's just beautiful. I mean, I hope, I hope we can get more people to sign up. I think they're at 24, 25 teams. That should be a 100-team contest. Yeah. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It's just a walk back in time. It's just an amazing time every year. And plus, we've won it two or three times, so it always makes it fun. Darren Worth from Iowa Smokey D's joining us here on the show, the host of Cue the Mic. Darren, always appreciate the time and continued success. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. Darren Worth right there. The website, by the way, SmokeyD'sBBQ.com, and then you can link over to all the social media portions and channels from there. So we thank Darren for joining us. Uh, I'm a little late, so we're going to have to play clock catch-up. We're into the second hour here. I'll uh, we'll leave that for now. We'll play catch-up pretty quick here. All right, stand by. Uh, we'll wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And we thank Darren Ward for joining us last segment. SmokeyD'sBBQ.com, the website. You can follow them on social media channels as well. As I mentioned just before, go to the website and link over to all those social media channels. Follow and, of course, subscribe to the new podcast. Cue the mic. You got 14 that you can go ahead and catch up on as you're driving to work or two or three hour family trips, whatever you have going there. I'm sure he'll certainly appreciate the fact that you are subscribing to the new one. And again, especially if you're in the competition barbecue or you just want to hear about running a business. Uh, Darren, obviously, very successful in both of those with Smokey D's Restaurant. And then, of course, the prolific winning on KCBS competition circuit, as well as some of the other major sanctioning bodies as well. That's the first hour. We'll go ahead and close it up here. And then hitting the bridge to top of the second, you're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.